Brand equity. Ever heard of that term? Those of you marketing people, you've heard it. Brand equity. It's a term that is used all over our country, all over the world. That has a specific meaning. And what it does is it gives a company's brand value. And there are a couple things that make up their brand name as well as their brand value as well as the brand equity. And it's consumer loyalty. It's, it's their perception of, of the product that they're using. And there's also a consumer awareness of the product in the company. And companies use this tool, this resource, to determine how their commercials and, and their ads and their Facebook ads is going to reach and where they're going to reach. And what it does is, let me, let me give you an example, Chick-fil-A. We all know Chick-fil-A, right? Would you think that their brand equity is high? Okay. When compared to another chicken restaurant, okay, let's just call it Rob's Chicken Shack. If you're going down the Interstate 10 and you're maybe near Biloxi and you see a sign, two signs, one is Chick-fil-A and the other is Rob's Chicken Shack, which one are you going to go to? Your check's in the mail, by the way. But what brand equity does, it, it literally, it, it takes a, another company that's similar to yours and it, 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 it sort of markets how well you're doing and what's known about that company compared to Rob's little old chicken shack that nobody's ever heard of. And so what is Chick-fil-A known for? Tell me. I think what they're really known for is their customer service. When you walk in, they say, my pleasure, my pleasure, my pleasure. I mean, I walk out and somebody's walking in and I go, my pleasure. I mean, it's just ingrained in my head. You've heard of Warby Parker, the eyeglass company. Do you know what they're known for? Not just their eyeglasses but their workforce, uh, excuse me, their workplace culture is incredible. People that work for them are so excited they want to go work for them so bad that they're lining up day after day trying to get into the sales force and everything else. Coca-Cola. The nostalgic history of Coca-Cola is ingrained in our head of the big polar bears. Remember that? And, and the Santa Claus with, with him drinking Coke. And we know all about that. But what is Coca-Cola known for? It's just their nostalgic history. Campbell's Soup. When they want to introduce a new soup, they've tried to go market it under a different name. 
but it bombs. It's because the brand equity for Campbell's Soup is, oh, it tastes so good. And they're labeling and everything else. So what they do is they market it under Campbell's Soup name. Locally, Edie's Breakfast, right there at Bendale Gardens and Pinhook. What are they known for? Biscuits. You understand where we're going tonight, right? Brand equity with regions of the country. Louisiana is known for their food, the festivals, the culture. I mean, Mississippi's got food, but nothing like what we have, right? The Northeast and the Boston area, Michelle and I were there two months ago. They're known not only for their accent, but lobster... Lobster is how they say it. Lobster rolls. Every place you go is lobster rolls. Austin, Texas. It's considered the live music capital of the world. There are more live music venues than any place on the planet. They're known also for the cool vibe. A lot of young are there. They're they, they, startup companies. They're computer companies. It's, it's the Silicon Valley of the South. Brand equity for a specific person. How many of you heard of Billy Graham? The greatest evangelist in our generation and maybe of all time. Steve Jobs, any of you have an iPhone? I've got an iPad. <clears throat> what was he known for? The Apple devices that we have. Brand equity. I got to get the update. I got to get the iPhone 32 or whatever. Martin Luther King Jr. What was he known for? Bridging the gap. He was a Baptist minister, but he's also the, the world's greatest spokesperson for equity between races. So I have a question for you. What are you known for? Last week I was reading in my daily time, Michelle and I were reading, and, and I came across this scripture that we're going to share in just a moment that I, I not only pumped the brakes, I hit the emergency brake because it spoke to me. And I just want to share this with you tonight. But it's in Felicia, Felicia's. <laughs> oh my goodness, don't tell Pastor Brandon because he is going to gig me. <laughs> Pastor Todd, pray for me, brother. <laughs> Yeah, that's a new book of the Bible. <laughs> ah, Philippians chapter 4, verse 5. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. And I want to focus right here, not on the word gentleness, but on the two words, be known. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. And when I hit the brakes the other day, last weekend, I was reading this. All of a sudden, it just started ministering to me. 
Not so much the gentleness, but Doug, if you could put up this next blank. How about you fill in the blank? Let your blank be known to all men. Let me ask you this question. What would you like to be known to everyone around you? Give me some answers. Talk to me. What, what would you like to have known about you? Soul winner. Amen. Keep going. Kindness. Let your kindness, let your soul winning be known to all men. Anything else? Godliness. Keep it coming, folks. Let your joy be known to all men. Come on, keep it coming. Let your love, let your teaching, let your testimony be... Let your ambition to serve. That just happened last week, amen? Anything else? How about our submission to the leadership of Pastor Brandon and Miss Cassie? How about let our generosity be known? How about let our availability be known? How about our honesty be known? Come on now. Forgiveness. Let our forgiveness be known. Submission to God. We could probably spend the rest of the time on filling in that blank, but I just want you to get a picture. Let your blank be known to all men. You say, Rob, I would love for all those things that y'all mentioned, but man, that's, that's, that's kind of tough. That's a tall order. And that's what I want to talk to, to, to you tonight about. I believe the key for our lives to be able to fill in that blank with anything is this, is to develop a teachable spirit. So we can learn how to forgive. We can learn how to love. We can learn how to pursue. We can learn how to be available, right? Am I speaking to the right crowd tonight? So how do we develop a teachable spirit? In fact, this is my life message. I've learned more in the last probably two to three years than I've learned in all of my adult life. I gravitate to what I can learn. I gravitate to be taught. In fact, I have a men's group. There's 12 guys, young men. And guess what we talk about right here? And I tell them all the time, we've got to be teachable. We've got to be teachable. We have got to walk with the mentality that we need to be taught how to have our things be known to everyone around us. Amen? Because a lot of us were not taught how to do that. And so how do we develop a teachable spirit? Number one, we have to realize that a DIY approach to Christianity will not work. Those of you that watch the DIY network, you know what it stands for. Do it yourself. We're naturally independent creatures that want to do things our way and our timing. So the DIY approach to Christianity is very similar to the DIY approach to fixing a faucet in your home. What do we do? Rather than call the repairman, 
we open up our phone or iPad, we Google, we go to YouTube, and we watch videos on how to repair it. Ever did that? Let me see. Raise your hand. How many of you have done that? We all do it. We all do it. Because we say, I can do it myself rather than pay to have somebody come out. We've programmed ourselves to figure it out ourselves. And unfortunately, it bleeds into our spiritual journey. Because the DIY spiritual journey approach is, I'll just figure it out myself. I don't need any help. I'll come Sunday. I might come Wednesday, but that's it. The DIY approach to Christianity is, I'll become a friend of God in my spare time. I'll become a friend of God with my terms and conditions. How's that worked out for you thus far? You see, with the DIY approach, there are blind spots. And you know what I'm talking about. We're the last to know that we have an anger problem. We're the last to know that we have a bitterness or unforgiveness problem. Everybody else sees it but us, right? And that's just the DIY, I'll do it myself approach to Christianity. And let me just tell you, there's a dangerous road that you're going to go down if you continue down that road. Because DIY Christianity and blind spots are, are running buddies. They're like Captain Antonio. Peanut butter and jelly. They just go together. Are you known as someone who just navigates your own Christian journey? Are you on your own spiritual growth track by yourself. Let me introduce you to somebody who knows what that's like, doing things on his own. And that is the Apostle Paul. It says in Philippians, not Felicia, but Philippians 3, verses 7 through 9. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him. And here's the key. Not having my own DIY righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by you see, when the Lord discovers somebody that's teachable, He calls them wise. He calls them wise because they're following after His ways. And let me just encourage you. If you're on that DIY Christianity path, 
Like Paul says, I'm not going after my own righteousness. I've done that. It wasn't good. It didn't turn out good for me. But he says, what I gained was Christ when I gave up my terms and conditions. Amen. Isaiah 55 says this. From, this is God speaking. For my thoughts are your, not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You see, God's ways are higher than ours, point blank. And that is the fundamental Christian principle that we have to get deep down inside. Amen? See, His plan is bigger than ours. We may only see a small piece of the puzzle, but God sees the finished plan because He's the almighty, sovereign God. He is infinite while we are finite. He is eternal when we are temporary. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. He's self-sufficient. He rules over the creation. And He is full of perfect wisdom. Let me just tell you this. If you choose to become teachable, all that I've listed, you have direct access to. And this is what happens. A beautiful path of your life is made known to everyone around you. And it is a wonderful journey. But we have to abandon the self-centered DIY approach to our Christianity and latch on to everything that He wants to teach us. Amen. And when we do that, people take notice. The people at our work, the people sitting in here, maybe the people within your family. Because they notice something is a little different in you when something is made known for the very first time to someone. Because you've discovered maybe a truth, you've examined it, you've understood it, you've applied it, and now change is upon you. And that's when they say, that brother is known for, that sister is known for, You see, the transformation becomes evident. And then we scale the mountain of freedom. And all of a sudden, we're picking on and latching on to joy. In fact, that's what the Apostle Paul speaks about in Philippians. It's all about joy. And then all of a sudden, there's a like a spiritual adrenaline that takes place between here and our heart. And there's an explosion that happens. And we let go of our DIY mentality and we latch on to the things of God. Amen? And then what happens, what you learned yesterday is a springboard for what you're going to experience tomorrow. He's no longer one of many gods. He's the supreme God in your life. So DIY gives way to DIY. GW, do it God's way. Amen. So number one, 
we got to recognize that we have to let go of DIY Christianity. Number two, we got to recognize the Holy Spirit as our teacher. Did you know that the Holy Spirit is our teacher? Amen. Did you know that? Well, I'll tell you. In John chapter 14, it says this, but the counsel of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, he's the great teacher. If he's the teacher, are you willing to be the student? Let me, let me ask that again. You just agreed with me saying, and you told somebody next to you, he's the great teacher. Turn you back to your neighbor and say, are you, are you willing to become a student? You see, the same things that the Holy Spirit taught the disciples over 2,000 years ago are still being taught today. Amen? He will teach us things that maybe we struggle with. He'll teach us things of, of, of maybe how to handle money or, or maybe how, how to deal with our anger or, or maybe our frustrations. He'll show us and guide us because the Bible is application. I don't know if you know this or not, but the Bible, the New Testament, most of the New Testament is indeed application. It's meant for application. It's meant for you and me. Amen. Let me give you some truths about allowing the Holy Spirit to teach you. Number one, your journey is going to be unique. Amen. See, my journey is going to be different than yours and it's going to be different than somebody else's. Something that you're struggling with, I may not be struggling with, but what I'm struggling with may not be what this other person is struggling with. We're at different seasons of life. Some of you are single. Some of you are married. Some of you are married and have kids. Some of you are married and have teenagers. <laughs> some of you don't have kids in the house anymore. Some of you have grandparents. Some of you are raising grandparents. You, you see where I'm going? You're at different seasons of life. And our journeys are going to be different. They're going to be unique from one another. But the same teacher is going to teach us how to navigate through the situations in life. Another thing that I want you to be aware of is when you ask the Holy Spirit to be your teacher, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be a little prickly. You're going to learn some things about yourself that you go, ooh, I didn't know that about myself. But it's things that we need to know about. The Lord wants to correct us. He wants to discipline us. He's not going to punish us, but He wants to help us and to learn so we don't hit repeat. Amen? Another thing about allowing the Holy Spirit to teach you is it's not that He's going to teach you something new. He's going to maybe teach you to unlearn something that you've been doing all these years. Another thing that it builds. Maybe the Lord wants to deal with you about maybe a, a frustrated anger situation. Like your first reaction is anger. When something doesn't go right on the job site or at home. And you think, once you learn how to navigate that, whew, okay, I'm done. 
No, 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 it builds. He's going to take you to the next level and teach you something else that they could very well be related. So it builds on one another. Also, another thing about allowing the Holy Spirit to teach you, it benefits others. And all the wives said, and all the husbands said, it benefits co-workers when you allow the Holy Spirit to teach you. It also forces... It forces you to either take a step forward into growth or to go back to safety. And I also want you to know it's not a sprint to the finish line. It's a continuous journey. Amen? I'm 60. I, you're shocked. I can see it in your faces. You're going, there's no way the man is 60. He looks like 43. I'm still learning, folks. I am still learning. Do you know why I'm in this men's group? Because I need it more than them. I learn from these young men. In Psalm 119, it says this, Let your love dictate how you deal with me. And look what the psalmist David says. He says, Teach me from your textbook on life. I'm your servant, he says. But Lord, I need some help. Could you just help me understand what that means? The inner meaning of your instructions. It sounds like David wanted to be taught by the Holy Spirit. So we have to yield ourselves how does he teach? Is it a chalkboard? Is he a professor? I think one of the greatest ways that the Holy Spirit teaches is right through his word. Don't know if you realize this, but tonight's sermon is based upon what I read last week. In my own, I wasn't looking for a sermon I was looking for something for me. You know, Rob's Chicken Shack. And it just became... I said, Lord, this morning, uh, Lord, I, I need something for tonight. Like, you know, if you want to like show up or, you know, if you just something, Lord, uh, something in the beginning, say anything, Lord. And then he brought me back to what I learned from me. Does that make sense? And when I read this last week, it again, I had to pump the brakes. And I went, oh, I wonder what I'm known for. Just a thought. And finally, number three. The third key to developing a teachable spirit is this. God has your best interests in mind. In 1 John it says this, we know how much God loves us because we have felt His love and because we believe Him when He tells us that He loves us dearly. God is love and anyone who lives in love is living with God and God is living in Him. Okay, got a question for you. 
We just read how much He loves us. Do you think He has us on His mind all the time, 24-7? That He has our best interest on His mind, 24-7? That's how much He loves us and desires a relationship with us and also to allow His Holy Spirit to teach us. Amen? He loves us that much and cares about each one of us because He wants us to be known for some things. Amen. And this is what I know because of His interests. When we grasp the idea that He loves us that much, we're going to begin connecting with other people. You're going to see an increase. Y'all remember Justin Wilson? What, what did he say? Guarantee? I guarantee you're going to begin, when, when you go through these steps and adopt a, a teachable spirit, you're going to see things happen organically. You're going to begin to see connections with people that maybe you've never met before. It could be on your job site. It could be a neighbor. It could be someone in here. But there's a, there's a relational aspect because He's relational to us. And as He teaches, you're going to learn and you're going to want to be around people. Because you know what? What you're going through, somebody else is going through. And we need each other. And so there's actually going to be some, some relational connections that are going to take place and it's going to increase. Because I know this, your struggle is not exclusive to you. You're not the only one that deals with anger, okay? There are so many people that are going through, struggling, and, and just... And you're going to be able to connect with them. That's why we have life groups. How many of you served this past week on a team where you volunteered with somebody that you've never met before? Let me see your hands. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my. Look at this. Wasn't that awesome to meet new people? Did you exchange phone numbers now? Now you got a new text buddy? It's incredible what happens when you come together. All because Christ wants the best for us and He loves us. Another thing that you'll notice is that you will no longer be quick to respond the old way as you become a student. You're going to go... I didn't, oh, I'm not like that anymore. Praise God. You know, you might mess up every now and then, but that's, that's the beauty of the Holy Spirit to teach us. He's not going to whoop us. He's not going to beat us over the hands like the nuns did where I went to school. <laughs> I still have bruises. But anyway, you know what I'm saying? It, it's, he's not here to punish. He's here to, to teach us to become better Christians. You see, 
Decay starts when growth stops. And the moment we stiff arm the Holy Spirit, I don't need to be taught. Guess what? You're going to continue to struggle. But if you open up your heart to being taught through His Word, through a sermon, you know that you can be taught by other people? That maybe that the struggle that you're going through, maybe they've been through and they can help you. That's the beauty of being taught. The Holy Spirit works through people. Works through a song. Works through a, maybe a message that you hear. Maybe something that you read. For me, it's through His Word. Mostly. Proverbs 4.13 says this, Hold on to instruction. Do not let it go. Guard it well. For it is your life. Hold on to instruction. Are you ready to become a student? Can I share one more thing? What happens when you become a student? It's found in Luke 21. It's one of my favorite verses in all the Bible. When we become a student and be taught by the Holy Spirit and learn some things and how not to repeat our past. Verse 13 says this. What does it say? Tell me. Mm -hmm. See, somebody else out there needs to know what you're being taught and what you're going to be taught. Amen. Do you know how many of you have children? How many of you are about ready to want to get rid of your children? They're looking at you. How many of you have grandchildren? They're looking at you. They're looking at everything that you do. It will lead to an opportunity for your testimony to make a difference in someone else's life. Or maybe a friend's life. The men in our group, and some of them are in here right now. I am an open book and I have shared a lot of things with these young men that I struggle with. And they've reciprocated. And you know what? We've become learners. We've become students. And I know you have too, amen? Because we hear it, we see it. It's in life group settings. It's here on Sunday. And so I just want to help you with this last thought. What are you known for? Let's make some things that we change in our life. Let's make them known to people around us, to everyone. Amen. We can be very good at making them known to the pastor. 
But when we get home, what happens? We become a total different person. It's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Why is that? How about we, we take the lesson tonight and say, Holy Spirit, would you begin working on me? And you know what? It, it, it is a process. It does, it's not a light switch. Amen. Like I said, I'm still learning and I will continue to learn until I take my last breath. I, I, I'm always, I'm always reading. I'm always listening. I'm all, Michelle can tell you, I'm, I've always got worship on. I'm, I'm constantly listening to other people's sermons, not to get another sermon, but for me so that I can grow. Amen. There are many devotionals out there that you can get that will come directly to your email. I've got five or six of them that come every morning. And I take my time and I go through every one of them because I need them. Amen? Are you, are y'all, are y'all hearing me? I need, I need to renew myself. I need to learn. And so I just encourage you and I challenge you to take this step of faith. Because I believe God wants us to be known for that first list that we went through. To be generous, to be available, to be servants, to love God, you know. Amen. Okay, would you all stand? I'm, I'm out of gas. Hallelujah. Well, thank you, Lord, for um, Lord just showing us tonight and teaching us and Lord allowing us to be part of your message tonight. Lord, I just pray that we take the challenge, me included, Lord, that we don't look at tonight as a slap on the wrist but we look at it as a maybe a launching point to make some adjustments in our life. And Lord, we, we're releasing this DIY Christianity of wanting to do it on our own. And Lord, we yield to Your Spirit because we know that Your Holy Spirit is our teacher. And we know, Lord, that You have our best interests on your mind for us. Lord, we know you want us to grow. You want us to mature. And like I said, Lord, and, and as your word says, it will lead to an opportunity for our testimony. Lord, may we be light where there's darkness. May we become a conduit of allowing others to see what we're about. Let our love be known to all men. Let our generosity be uh, known to all men. Let our desire to be taught by the Holy Spirit be known to all men. Lord, you have free reign into our heart tonight. We love you and we give you honor and praise for the wonderful gift of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. Amen. Well, thank you all for coming. I got you all out in time.
Don't forget, uh, be here Sunday. Miss Dixie is going to be preaching this Sunday. She's got a great word and ready and ready. She's locked and loaded. Amen. We love y'all. Y'all have a good uh, evening.